Welcome to the Calvary Church Podcast. We're glad that you are here and that you can be a part of a recent service at TCC. So let's join the service, which is already underway, and listen to the message. Today I acknowledge Father's Day and I acknowledge the difficulty of this day for many in the room. For some, this day is a reminder of something that has been missing in your life, all your life. For some, this day is a reminder of someone you loved who is no longer here. However, today, it is fitting that we acknowledge those men in the world who have stood up to the pressures that they have faced and lived their lives honorably for the sake of others. And we honor those today who have loved their families, those fathers and men who have loved their families and lived their lives respectively and devotedly. We honor those, those who maybe don't have biological children but have taken children and young people under their wing and raised them, encouraged them, and inspired them. And I thank God today for the men at the Calvary Church who honor the Lord every week. You bring incredible strength to our church, and I honor the men of TCC that honor God in leading your families. You lead your families in worship. You lead your families Generosity and giving, building up the church, working to honor the Lord. You lead in providing, you lead in prayer. And I honor the men of God who are devoting themselves to fasting and the Word of God and serving at this church. You are truly pillars among us. I honor our previous pastors and bishops. And fathers in the gospel, Norman Pasley I and Norman Pasley II. They are amazing people who left a tremendous legacy that we still enjoy today. And I honor the fathers in the gospel who over the years have taught God's word to our children, our young people. Many of you, this is not the only church you've ever attended and not the first church that you came into uh, the church in. And there were men of God who preached the gospel to you, and I honor them today. Those who are willing to lead and to live in ways that exemplify holiness and godliness. Can we appreciate our fathers today? Now, if you were here for Mother's Day, you know that I served as a mechanic on that day, working under a bus for most of the service. (laughs) And since then, I've had this service specially marked on my calendar. And there are a few things I would like to say. I would like to say that I'm thankful for Kristen. 
She blessed me with three amazing daughters that I have the privilege and honor of being the father to every day. And on Mother's Day, Kristen spoke on why wisdom is a woman. And today on Father's Day, I would like to speak on the subject of why God is a man. Just kidding. <laughs> Today I want to speak on the subject, Dad Saves. Dad Saves. When you become a dad, you get some special skills. You gain a superhuman ability to intervene. You get some reflexes. You get an anointing to fix things. To help things, you respond to things like you've never responded before. Dad saves. <clears throat> Anybody had any dad saves? Any dads? Yep, thank you. Yep. You know it, it's a special anointing that comes on you and you feel so proud of it. Dad saves can be accomplished in a variety of ways. Not only do you Save from harm, but you can provide emotional saves. Anybody, any dads ever provide an emotional save to your child? About 11 years ago or so, him and I played baseball in our driveway. And you can see we're having a great, great time playing baseball. And one particular pitch that I threw did not go as I had planned, and uh, you can zoom in there, but um, then the dad safe, there it is. We provide that uh, emotional save, and I might want to add to our new father's the phone on the hip is really important to being able to be a good dad. Um, but dad saves happen a lot. They happen around the house. We fix things and we work on things. And there are many stories of fathers who have put themselves even in harm's way. To protect their families. And one example happened just a few months ago. It was captured on video. And, but it's powerful and it's inspiring when men rise to the occasion in moments of chaos to stand up for something that they see as potential harm or even an injustice to those they love. I want to read just a passage of scripture today, Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Paul told the Roman church, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. We honor those who go into harm's way to protect. We honor our military and our police, first responders, men and women, 
for their willingness to run towards danger when everyone else is running away. And to die for a worthy cause is the very definition of honor. We honor them, we admire them, and we thank them. And when fathers and parents have moments in their life where they are willing to lay down their life, they lay their life on the line for children and family, it's inspiring. And Paul told the church to present your bodies a living sacrifice. A sacrifice, something that becomes the substitute for someone else. Jesus would say this, greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. And this passage speaks, of course, and points to the cross. It speaks to the work that Jesus did in laying down his life for us. Are you thankful for the cross in your life? He knew that death and sacrifice was necessary for our salvation. It's important that we understand the power of sacrifice and being who we're supposed to be. We're called to live a life of sacrifice, to take up our cross and to follow him. And so we die out to our desires. We die out to our habits. We die out to our selfishness. And I've always believed that the measure of real maturity is in the ability to live for someone else, to do something for someone else. You can't really uh, be a great parent can't really be a great father unless you're willing to let go of some of your own thoughts and to sacrifice some of what you could be or what you would want to do for the sake of someone else. And so Paul said, I beseech you that you, by the mercies of God, brethren, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. What I want to present today and to just quickly acknowledge today is that we are called to die to ourselves. We're called to sacrifice our lives for others. But we are not just called to die and to sacrifice. But I would submit that even more importantly, we are called to live. And I want to challenge us all, and I want to especially challenge our men and our fathers to not just be willing to die for your family. I think I would like to think of myself as the rodeo dad, that I would dive in place of my kids if I had to. I would try to, to do something to save my kids if it came down to it. But that's not the only dad save in the world. I would challenge us to not just die for our families, but I challenge our men and our fathers to live for your family. Can I remind us, can I remind us that Jesus did not just come to the earth to die on a cross, 
It was powerful. It was necessary. It was meaningful. But that was not the purpose that Jesus came to this earth. Dr. Norris brought that out so powerfully that Jesus' mission and purpose was not to die on the cross, but his mission and purpose was to reconcile us back to God. And so when Jesus came to earth, he came to restore God's presence in our lives, not just so that we could die, but so we could live. Jesus was baptized, and John the Baptist said, I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus came, so that he could baptize us with his spirit. John the Baptist would say, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. That's why Jesus came. Jesus said, I must go away. He said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. What was he talking about? He was talking about the Holy Ghost. He was talking about the helper, the Spirit of God coming. He said, I've come, yes, to die on a cross. But that's not the only reason I came. I came so that the helper could come in your life and help you live a life for God. Oh, hallelujah. And so why did Jesus come to earth? He said in Luke 24, thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day. That repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem and your witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. That's why I came. And so that's why Peter would stand up and preach, repent and be baptized, repent, die out to who you were, turn away from that sin, be baptized, buried in the name of Jesus. Why? And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. In other words, I've come to give you new life. Oh, hallelujah. He said, for the promise is to you and your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Did it require sacrifice for Jesus to fulfill his purpose? Absolutely. Did, did it require a death? Yes, it did. But his purpose was not death. His purpose was life. And that's why he told us in John 3 that we must be born again. So Jesus said, the thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and destroy. But I have come 
that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. So today we realize that we don't just serve our families well by dying. We don't just serve our families well by entering a moment of chaos and protecting them. We serve our families well, and would I, should I say best, by living. And I challenge every man today to live for God. To live for God. Live in a way that honors God. Live in a way that puts God first. Live in a way that causes you to worship God on Sunday, but also causes you to worship God on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. Live a life of devotion. Live a life of generosity. Don't just spend your days trying to die out to sin. Don't just spend your Sunday repenting of your sins. Spend your week living for God. Oh, hallelujah. As Paul tells us, the only reason we can do this, he said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. It's only in view of God's mercy that we can live for God. Paul said it's only reasonable that you offer yourself to God because of what you understand about the mercy of God. It's the least we could do for a God who showed us so much mercy, and that is to live for God. Peter would say it like this, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. It's by his abundant mercy that I can live for God. Young boy looked up at his grandfather and wondered aloud, Grandpa, how do you live for Jesus? The respected grandfather stooped down and quietly told the boy, just watch. And as the years went by, the grandfather was an example to the boy of how to follow Jesus. He stayed steady in living for God. Yet the grandson often found himself distant from God. And one day the young man visited his grandfather for what would be the last time. 
But as the older man lay dying, his grandson leaned over the bed and heard his grandpa whisper, Did you watch? And that was the turning point for that boy's life. He understood that when his grandpa had said, Just watch, he meant imitate me, just as I also imitate Christ. That young boy became a young man, vowed from that day on that he would live as his grandfather did. See, Paul said, 1 Corinthians 4, 16, I urge you, imitate me. In 1 Corinthians 11, 1, Paul said, imitate me. Just as I also imitate Christ. In Hebrews, the writer says that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience, faith and patience, faith and patience. Don't imitate just a random moment, but imitate faith and patience to inherit the promises. And John said in 3 John, beloved, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. He who does good is of God. And he who does evil has not seen God. And here is what I hope to get across in a small way today. That dad saves are not merely about intervening in a moment. Yes, those days and moments happen. And they're important. But dad saves really happen most when dads live faith-filled lives and are faithful to God's word. And in view of those who are closest to you, you live faithful and you live patient with the promises of God. So my challenge is could our children watch us could they just watch us and know how to live for God? Not can they watch a moment and know how to experience the power and presence of God. That's important. But can they watch us and know how to live for God? Could our children imitate us and remain faithful to the things of God? Could our children look at our phones and our computers and tablets and know how to live for God? Could our children look at our checkbooks and know how important God is? Could our children look at our time spent and know how to get in touch with God? 
Could our children pick up our Bibles and know what it's like to have God speak to us? Could they hear God's voice? Could our children follow us around all week and know what it is and what it takes to stay connected to God? Could our children listen to us speak and see a God who is true and faithful? I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Dad saves are not just putting your life in danger or reacting to a moment to fix it, but real dad saves happen when we live our lives in a way that can be imitated. Greatest thing my dad ever did for me was give me an example of faithful living. And I understand that that's not everybody's story in here. And I can tell you he didn't have that story for himself. And I'm thankful for the grace and mercy of God. But I stand here today thankful for a dad who chose, a dad who chose to not just die for God, to not just become dead to sin just in a moment of repentance, but I'm thankful for a dad who lived for God. My dad had moments in my life where he intervened in my life. Conversations of correction. Maybe physical conversations of correction (laughs) back when that was somewhat legal. Yesterday, I'm working in the yard, picking up sticks with Ava When I was a kid, picking up sticks meant something else. (laughs) They were called switches. (laughs) She has no idea that that is not a fun experience for a lot of people. Conversations of correction, conversations where he intervened. He began to talk to people in my life who he thought did not have my best interest in mind. I'm thankful for that. My dad had conversations with people in my life who he sought to provide protection for me. I'm thankful for those dad saves. The real dad save came in the daily consistency of who he was. My dad fasted. My dad prayed. My dad read his Bible. In his speech, in his actions, 
in his generosity, in his discipline. I saw every day, he didn't have to say it, but I I saw every day that he loved Jesus Christ. To me, that's the best dad saved. I want you to stand with me. I'm thankful for the great men in this church, fathers, who look for ways to spare others, to protect others. I'm thankful for that. I felt challenged today by this idea that we're not just called to die for God. We're called to live for God. And I pray that our men would find strength to live for God. This church will be immeasurably blessed by men who live for God. And I'm thankful for it. These young people that are here will be blessed by the men in this church who, in spite of the pressures that you feel on your job, in spite of the pressures you feel all around you, in spite of the temptations you face and the struggles that you have, that you continue to live for God. I pray that we would be able to be men and fathers who can be imitated. Everywhere we go, everything we say, everything we do could be imitated for the glory of God. I'm going to invite our men and our boys to come forward. We're going to pray with them today. Whether you have biological children or not, I want to encourage our grandfathers, our uncles, our cousins, our friends, that you have the ability to have influence. You have the ability to have influence in a negative way. And some of you have experienced that in your life. You had men in your life who maybe influenced you in the wrong way. Might have just been somebody who was a little bit older than you. Could have been a family member, a friend, somebody, maybe even a father who did not, was not somebody who was honorable. There are men throughout this church who I feel absolutely confident saying you could watch their life and you would be able to know how to make heaven your home. And I thank God for that. So we're going to commit as men this morning, if we need to die to some things in our life, if we need to repent of some things in our life, some areas of our life, I want us to do that. Because we have to sacrifice to really be who God wants us to be. And after you pray that prayer of sacrifice and commit your way to the Lord, I wonder if some of you would commit your way to living for God. Commit your 
time. Some of you used to read your Bible. You don't read your Bible anymore. Some of you used to pray. You used to have it a, used to have a habit of devotion, and it's not there. I'm encouraging you to reestablish that in your life. Some of you, I know God's hand is on your life in a powerful way. And I pray that you would have the courage to be obedient to what God's asking of your life. And so I want us to pray together for these great men. Lord, we come to you today. We thank you, God, for your example, your example that you showed us when you died on the cross for our sins. You showed us that we could sacrifice things in our life. We could die out to things. That you called us to take up our cross. You called us, Lord, to allow our lives to be dead to sin. I pray, God, you would wash us clean today. You would forgive us. You would give us strength today for what we need. Lord, we surrender our hearts to you. We humble ourselves to your presence today. We humble ourselves to your presence today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, we ask you, God, to help us. God, if there's areas of our life that is unsurrendered to you, I pray in this moment, Lord, we would surrender our hearts to you. God, if there are things that we're allowing God to live in our lives that need to die, I pray today we would sacrifice those things at an altar today. We thank you, Lord, for showing us what it means to die. But Lord, I pray for there to be a calling today in this room of these men to live for you, that they would be living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to you. God, that they would rededicate their heart to walking with you every day. They would dedicate their hearts to you, Lord, to live for you every day that they would live their lives in a way that could be imitated. They would live their lives in a way that any of these young men could watch them and hear them and see them and find you. Lord, let us live in a way that honors you. Oh God, you've come to give us life in that more abundantly. I pray, oh God, we would be a living sacrifice, a living sacrifice for you. In the name of Jesus. This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about the Calvary Church, please visit our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Consider joining us for a service where you will find friendly people, high-energy music, and life-transforming preaching and teaching from a biblical worldview. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.